What is going on, everybody? You are back on another edition of the Coach's Corner. I'm Justin Dupengeiser, and I am joined by a couple CJs tonight. As always, my guy, Caleb James, and uh, we're joined by the one and the only CJ Jones. Caleb, what's going on, fella? Been a long weekend. A lot of things have transpired. Hopefully in the next couple of days, we get some things transpiring in the NFL. But, yeah, CJ's coming back on the show tonight. He was with us a few episodes last year early on. We're going to look to try to have him back on the show. More coming up. CJ, what's going on, dude? What's up, fellas? It's been a crazy weekend. It's going to get even crazier. We said in, like, what, like 10 hours or so? So Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do it. Can't wait for it. Can't wait for it. But, yeah, just uh, happy Memorial. We're recording this on Memorial Day on Monday or whatever. But uh, happy, happy weekend to everybody. And to all those that have served, um, appreciate you and all that we have lost to their service. You know, we, we're here doing what we love to do because of you all. So thank you for that, obviously. But let's uh, let's talk some football. I think that the hottest topic right now, we're sitting on the eve of June 1 and everybody, we're talking about how fired up we are for this before we jumped on here. Caleb, I'm going to start right with you. Julio Jones, yes or no? Is he coming to Kansas City? <laughs> I, can I can I give you a strong I don't know because I literally <laughs> I mean number one the Falcons are putting out smoke screens like crazy oh they're throwing God. stuff out oh here God. saying yeah they're saying like they want their first rounders they want their second rounders I'm like no one even know I don't even think like anyone that's not connected to an NFL team knows what's going on right now so I'm just, I'm gonna give you a hard I don't know on that one <laughs> CJ, CJ what do you say Bro, same thing. Like I've been every every day is a new story. At first, they're saying they don't want a first rounder. Then they're saying they do. Then I've heard I've heard the past twenty four hours Tennessee had the best odds. Then I heard New England. Then I heard he's had talks with like AJ Brown. So no, nobody knows anything, like Caleb said. So we're just we're all gonna find out tomorrow morning for sure. It'll Alex probably happen honestly tonight for real. <laughs> yeah. It, well, here it, this is. Let's talk about this for a second. If for some reason and, and it happened, and I it's it's a huge if, right? TJ, what would this do to the Kansas City offense if they added a piece like Julio Jones? Bro, that would you talk about the best offense in the league. You had a Hall of Famer, a receiver who's still in my eyes, I know a lot of people have different opinions. He's still the best receiver in the game to me. So you add him to the offense already, they literally can't do no wrong. I know Pat said 20 and 0 earlier today, right? Yeah. They can literally do that if they add Julio Jones. So that's a very feasible or accomplishable thing if they do that. So <laughs> I'm right. I'm right there with you. You know, they've already did the revamp of, of the old line. And mm -hmm. one of the big topics, right, has been who is going to be that wide receiver two. Well, Caleb, what if, what if wide receiver two is Julio? Like what that, <laughs> like, who do you, you can't double everybody. Like what do you good do? Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> right. Good, good luck. luck. Exactly. Good luck. It's I mean, just, it's you know, if you put Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones in the same offense, they're getting passes thrown in by Patrick Mahomes. Bro, get, get out of get out of town. Get the LA tickets ready. Just get the LA tickets ready right That's now. That's what I'm saying. We're all going to LA if that happens. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm going to my flight right now. <laughs> that is that is not even a joke, too. Like I, I can't imagine. Like you think about how good their offense was when like a Sammy Watkins was healthy, right? So when he was the number two wide receiver, everyone knows Sammy's super talented. His, his issue was the injuries, but when he was on the field and healthy, like that offense was dynamic. It was a different offense than when he wasn't. I can't imagine if you take a guy like Julio, who isn't even going to be the number one, right? Because everybody's going to still say Tyreek and Kelsey, those are the guys and stuff. Julio's just the extra piece with a revamped offensive line. So not only now are you going to be able to run the ball, 
you're going to be able to have Clyde Edwards Lair there, um, which everybody is sleeping on Clyde Edwards Lair right now, which is insane. And then you're going to have Julio Jones, who's going to get one on one matchups. See, you just said it. He, he's still, if not the best wide receiver, the top three most talented wide receivers in the NFL. And I got to ask you this what, what do you think? Is a player like that when you add him at this point in his career? Obviously, he's in his, you know, getting up there in age past there. I think he's 31. Um, yeah, so he's, he's getting up there in age a little bit. He's going to be $15 million. Is, is that when you're building a team, adding a player like that, is that, is that worth, worth the, the big salary cap hit at this point of his career? Do you think for a team like Kansas City, or is it something where you'd rather see them, you know, wait it out and try to find somebody in the draft next year? It's like what you just said. It's just about worth. Like, if it's $15 million, that is a lot of money. So would I be mad if Beach did that move? No, I wouldn't be mad at all. Because, like, we all would be excited. Like, who wouldn't be mad about getting Julio Jones on your football team? Because it just increases your chances of winning, which we already have an elite football team. And we have aspirations of going to L.A. and trying to win a Super Bowl. So um, there are teams that are probably more desperate than the Chiefs, obviously, like Tennessee, New England, L.A. They're probably more desperate to get him. They'll probably have more of a price point. But if we were able to pull off, because I know Atlanta so far said they just want at first a second rounder, then they said first rounder. Have anybody heard any like player swap talks, or is it just picked so far? I think it's just been picked so far from what I've heard. You know what's crazy to me about this whole thing, like because obviously like you could probably like flip a pretty good defensive player for them if that was going to be possible. I know the NFL is not too big on that. The thing that I've keep thinking about is there's like people trying to talk themselves out of they're like trying to talk the one like no the chiefs don't need to get him because he's hurt let's dispel that notion real quickly because that dude has missed <laughs> that dude isn't i mean he missed time last year he missed about half the season that's the only time he's missed like extended portions of time exactly. i'm gonna give you guys a comparison i saw the other day about julio jones they're comparing him to randy moss a lot of people in the nfl thought like randy moss was going to be done and then he joins that 2007 Patriots team, and he goes bananas. Him and Tom Brady have, like, a historic season together. If Julio Jones came to Kansas City or he gets on a contending football team, I think the latest thing I saw was Seattle. If he gets on, like, a, with Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, this could be, like, a historic-type season potentially for, like, a player of his age right. this late in the game of his career. And, like, it would, for real, it would, like, definitely solidify – his you know, like his gold jacket like if he comes out and scores like 15 touchdowns like almost like around a thousand five hundred yards that's a gold jacket right there like that would solidify it for everyone I think oh no no for sure and the thing like you just mentioned was the whole I don't know where the whole injury thing got started but like before last year so we played nine games last year before last year he had played in more than 13 games every single season except for two where he played 13 games which there's not many players in the NFL that are playing all 16 games a year. And usually it's more than missing three games. Right. So I don't know where the, the whole injury injury thing came from. To me, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. And last year, even in those nine games, he was on pace for almost 1500 yards and like eight touchdowns before he was, you know, taken out with the, with the hamstring injury or whatever it was. Like if you're going to, to me, if you're going to add a player like that with, my whole thing since the beginning, I think it's two seconds, right? I think if you give them, you know, two seconds, you know, this year and maybe 2023 or whatever, I think that gets the job done personally. I don't know how, what other teams or how many other teams are going to offer more than that. To me, for a wide receiver of that caliber, 
for $15 million a year is, is a steal. He's not even getting paid at $15 million a year. He's not even getting paid as the top seven wide receiver in the NFL. So like the value to me there is, is immense. And I think that, you know, they talk about every single year, how basically you kind of, kind of swing for the fences. There's, there's no guarantee that, you know, any of this could, is going to happen. We went 22 years as Chiefs fans before we won a playoff game. Like, let's not forget that. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's not forget that. So uh, to me, I think it's, it's honestly a no brainer, but what do you think that um, if he, let's say he goes to the Titans, CJ or another AFC team, where do you think he would make the most impact? And would that, you know, if he goes for the, to the Titans, for example, does that uh, do, does that move the needle at all against Kansas city? There's no way that Kansas city's not going into week one as the favorite to win the AFC, no matter where he goes, if it's in another AFC team, right? Yeah, exactly. Like there's a lot of teams that we've, been all hearing about like we've heard Baltimore Seattle's probably the newest team we've had that he could go to but as far as AFC teams like you said Tennessee New England and Baltimore probably the three biggest threats right now that could get them any of if any of them got them they would definitely be like a better better team I think the team that probably would give me the most interest or the most concern would probably be New England just because it's Belichick like I know they don't have the most talent on offense as far as like quarterback wise like Cam Newton or Mac Jones whoever gets the job I think it's probably going to be Cam but their passing game won't be like electric because it's not what they do. They're a run foot first football team. So I think for him, if he wants to have the best chance to win, I would go to New England. But none of those teams really scare me. Like the Chiefs are the standard. I mean, honestly, if he went to any of those three teams, would you guys put the the Ravens, the Titans, or the or, or the um, or the Patriots, any of them above Cleveland or Buffalo? I still have Cleveland as the second best team in the AFC to me. So Julio moving moves the needle, but not above to say, hey, they're going to beat Buffalo for the second spot. I think Josh Allen's still hungry. And Baker Mayfield, the Browns got immensely better. So Julio does make those teams an improvement. But to say they're like the second best team in the AFC, I think it's kind of a stretch for me. Yo, what if the Browns or the Bills were to go all in on Julio and they trade away some picks and say, we're going to take on some salary cap? Because I think if one of those teams got him, now you're looking at Josh Allen with two lethal receivers. That would be scary. I would be. Concerned. That would be interesting. And then we got a, uh, and then you got Baker. You know that he led have their elite ground game, elite ground game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And then you add a Julio Jones dynamic to that. Things would be getting a little more interesting in the AFC. We'd be seeing some shootouts for sure. But like those teams, to me, I'm like if you're Buffalo or Cleveland. Don't you feel like you have to be in on trying to get him? Don't you feel like if you're really serious about winning the Super Bowl this year, you have to be all in? Because they gave the Chiefs their best shot. The Browns couldn't beat him with Chad Henney playing half the game. The Bills <laughs> couldn't beat him twice. I mean, the Bills got blown out twice. Like, if I'm those GMs, if, I, if I'm John Dorsey or if I'm the Bills GM or if I'm, you know, one of the coaches, Stefanski, McDermott, I'm like, we have to get this guy. This is the only way, like, we gave these guys our best shot last year, and it was still like they were still too good. And now they fixed the weakest part of their team. So now we're really in trouble if we don't add some more firepower. That's how I'd be looking at it. Like if I was another team in the AFC, I'm right there with you. And, and I think to both of your points, CJ, I think that, you know, with the, one of the teams that seems to be the most uh, popular with the Patriots, they would concern me most too, because I just feel like Belichick would be somebody that can maximize that, that roster. Like you said, he went seven and nine last year with, with arguably one of the worst rosters I've ever seen in fullback. Like they were terrible. Like, <laughs> right. Terrible quarterback play, terrible roster. Everybody was opting out. There was injuries. Like they were terrible. And he won seven games. They're like it might have been his best coaching job ever. And he's gone to <laughs> a billion Super Bowls, you know? 
which is crazy. So like of the favorites, yeah, I would be concerned about the Patriots because you just, it's, I, I always feel like, Bill, man, you know, Bill, him right, and Bel- Belichick is always, he's out there. He's playing 3d chess on everyone. I always, Bro, feel I like, swear. <laughs> right. He's always like, it feels like he's like a couple steps ahead. Like he's, I don't know. That would be scary to me, but like you're saying, you know, to the, to the point with the bills, the Browns, hundred percent. Like if you're those teams and you're thinking, Hey, like we got to win and like, we got to win like now, like this is our last year of our rookie quarterbacks on their contract deals. Like let's go get this man and let's give the, the chiefs a run for their money. Like this is the way to do it because it's still crazy to me that everybody says like the way to beat the chiefs is like, hold the ball and don't let the offense on the field. It doesn't matter. They're going to have the ball. They can have the ball for three and a half minutes and score five touchdowns. It doesn't matter. Right. That's not how you beat the Chiefs. You beat the Chiefs by scoring points. And yeah, Julio Jones, like if you're in Buffalo or the Browns, Julio Jones adds points to to your team because of the, what he does, absolutely. for sure. Um, CJ, what what NFC team do you think would best fit? Is it somebody like Seattle? Because that would be DK, Tyler Lock, and Julio would be with Russ. Oh my That's goodness! Scary. That would be funny. I like didn't like Julio. Wasn't Russ saying all like offseason what he was saying? all offseason a couple months ago that they couldn't protect him. And yeah. now all of a sudden they're trying to get Julio. Who do you think is asking for Julio? I know it's not Pete Carroll. So <laughs> right. who, do we think, who, is the, who is the one saying, hey, let's put a nugget out there to the media that I would like Julio Jones to come to Seattle. You don't need Julio Jones. You just said you wanted protection, right? So they drafted right. some linemen. They got a receiver from that Western Michigan kid. I forgot his name. And then they well, re-signed. Yes, yes, yes. And they signed Tyler Lockett to his deal. And DK stole his rookie deal. So your offense is good. And Russ was cooking last year until the end of the season. So adding Julio would be amazing for them. But do you need Julio? Not necessarily. Because you you have to still have to block Aaron Donald. J.J. Watson, your division now. Yeah. And last, and last time I checked, Chandler Jones is coming back, right? Yeah. And, and Nick Bosa is still there. So adding Julio Jones would be amazing. But you still have to go block these guys. So I think the biggest threat in the NFC would be Seattle. I mean, other than them, is other any, any, any NFC teams had any rumors? I've heard L.A. kind of. Could you know, I mean, like their GM is always willing to give up. He's given up a first round pick for like the next three years. So yeah. I'm sure like McVay will be willing to take it. They don't need it, Julio. I mean, that would be nice. But I think as far as like anybody in the NFC, I think they don't want to give him away to a division team. So that's out of the question. So I think for them, it's just saying, well, what AFC team would be the best fits where we know we won't see them until LA? Yeah. I think other than Seattle, I don't really see anybody in the NFC making a move. I think the Rams will be the wild card for me because I know they're willing to just do whatever it takes to win. I, I could see that. I, you're right. And you're right to that point. The Rams definitely have been the team that just says, Hey man, we're, we're going out and we're going all in every year. Yeah, Right. They're just like, Hey, we're going to cap. The cap is not real to them. And for the chiefs. Really? The Rams, they're really like, yeah. And they, they're like, we'll, we'll sign and we'll trade everybody. It don't matter. What's the cap? Um, I, you know, some teams that might be kind of interesting to me are the, are the 49ers and, and the Washington football team. Right. So the 49ers, they got a couple, you know, they got a couple good young receivers in Debo, who's coming off a, a, a pretty serious foot injury, and then Brandon Ayuk, who's pretty talented in himself. Like but that. you know, but like you get a, a Julio Jones in the mix with a George Kittle and that run game. That's yeah, his best year under Kyle too in right. Atlanta. Exactly. Yeah, so, so you got the, the Kyle Shanahan connection there and that mm-hmm. offense. So Boy. you can get sit pretty seamless there, you know. And then the other one, like I said, is the Washington Football Team. They're, they're interesting, though, because they really – they're kind of still in that, like, bridge building mode, but their their defense is so nasty. So like, they could, they could they could win with that defense and, and a Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know. Dude, one year, Fitzy just let it fly, man. He could, Him and Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, 
They drafted Diami Brown out of UNC. Like that's some. They got Curtis Samuel now from Carolina. So they yeah, added right. Him. And Curtis is another. He's really good. So, what about you, Caleb? Any NFC teams that you think might be interesting or or, or would be a pretty big threat? I, know I got. I, know I got two teams. I got one is the Bears. Okay, I know the second yeah. one. You should say the second team. You should say this. Who's that? Who do you Arizona. think I'm going to say? Arizona. Oh yeah, Arizona. If he went to Arizona, that'd be crazy. That I wasn't quite who I was thinking of. Now, if they went to Arizona, that's that's an interesting situation because that's a that's an air raid situation come to life. I was thinking Bears because they got Allen Robinson and they got their young quarterback. They got Mr. Fields. What a better situation to bring him into a mobile quarterback who works the pocket well than to have two guys that run tremendous routes and catch the football very often. It would be like kind of similar to like what Pat came into with uh, Tyreek and Kelsey. So that's one option, I think. And I think the Bears, they're probably tired of, you know, they're probably tired of hearing like, oh, you don't have a quarterback. You don't have an offense every year. Like they've got to be tired of losing the Green Bay up there. Arizona could be one of them. Team I was also thinking of that could like seriously make things interesting would be Tampa Bay. Now we haven't even gotten into this one yet with Tampa Bay. Is that legal? Is that legal? I think so. But listen, against the law. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere deep down inside of Bruce Arians' mind and in Tom Brady's mind, they probably know the Super Bowl probably turns out differently if the Chiefs have a couple of starters healthy up front. Absolutely. They probably saw a young Patrick Mahomes running for his life, throwing the ball at angles. No one's ever seen balls thrown at before. And they probably also remember the fact that the Chiefs' defense played pretty clean in the first half. They really had a really good. solid first half. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're trying to ensure that they can stay Super Bowl champions in Tampa, that that's that should be their move is to go try to get Julio Jones because Tom Brady, what, he doesn't have much left time left, but – what are, the, what are these draft picks meaning to them? They've got his offensive line. They've got weapons. Their defense is getting older, but they're still producing. If, if I'm Tampa, like now is the time when I try to go after it. Highly unlikely they'd have to blow the Falcons away just because it is that interdivisional trade. I don't think it's likely, but let's say they offer like a first next year, a first, the, a first this year, a first the year after that, and then maybe even throw in a player, maybe someone – and then a uh, and then another second or third round draft pick, they'd have to blow them away. But that would definitely make Tampa a very a very tough out. I would say like a Hall of Fame team on Madden, having Julio, Mike Evans, <laughs> Antonio Brown, and Chris Godwin, and then Gronk and OJ Howard. You can't even fit that many people in a locker room, bro. I don't know if they can even legally do that. <laughs> oh, Justin, Justin, we forgot about the Colts. The Colts is another team. They have a lot of cap space. They could do that too. I don't know if um, Ballard really. I mean, I don't know if he really – I've heard that they, they're interested in Julio. I don't know if they want him, but that would be a team. They have the cap space. They need another receiver. And Carson Wentz has to ball out this year. So that would be another team I would be interested in seeing that could make it happen. I, I would think that would make a lot of sense, to be honest, too, because you think about um, where they're going. So they went from Phillip Rivers and, and basically being a play away from beating the Bills and, and going to that AFC Championship game to – taking a shot on Carson Wentz and like, Hey, if you want to revitalize this guy's career, why not put a Julio Jones out there, put one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, to, you know, put, give him a target to throw to. Cause right now, you know, you got TY TY's aging, you know, Paris Campbell is coming off of a big injury. Michael Pittman played pretty solid last year as a rookie, but like Julio Jones is like a true number one wide receiver. Now you got Julio and TY and you mix in those younger guys in Campbell and Pittman. 
that's a really, really solid receiving core for a guy that is looking to kind of um, revamp his career under a guy who he had his best career numbers under, right? So Reich yep. was the OC in Philly when, when Wentz was an MVP, MVP candidate, really. He was in talk. Yeah, yep, until the injury. <laughs> right, you know, so he was, he was balling out until that happened. And then, you know, so I think that makes a lot of sense too, for sure. So let, let, let's go. We'll Hold go. on real quick. I was just going to say yep. about Indianapolis, their left tackle might not even be healthy till halfway through the season, though. Oh, yeah, because Don's are retired. So they, they signed Fisher. They signed Fisher. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Fisher who's who's going to start day one since Fisher's there? Because Fisher's not going to be ready day one. I don't so, know what I don't know what they're going to do with that. Now, yeah. Fisher and Quentin Nelson, eventually, that's going to be a lethal run-blocking combination oh, yeah. right there. Dog, but is – I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do at left tackle. That's what I was getting ready to say. I don't know what they're going to do at left tackle while they're waiting. And a guy like Carson Wentz, you got to have that protection around him, especially at this point when he's been exposed a little bit. He's been rattled a little bit. That was interesting. But let's go ahead and move on to the next one, Justin. Well, I want to. I want to hear before we move on to the next topic. Where does he go? What is your prediction? Give me the team, CJ. Who Who is Julio Jones? Is he staying with the Falcons? Or is he getting traded somewhere, and where is it? He's definitely getting traded because the cap space that or the cap situation that Atlanta's in right now is terrible. They can't sign any of their rookies. So like Kyle Pitts, um, the corner they signed, like nobody can get signed until they trade Julio because he eats up that much of their cap. So he's definitely getting moved. Where, if I had to bet money, it's probably Tennessee or New England. I think that's I think those two teams probably have had the most contact with them. And a wild card team for me would be. Arizona. Arizona would be a wild card for me. Okay. I want to say San Fran, but I don't know if they're because they were because there were rumors that well, no, because they were trying to go get Rodgers, but I don't know if they were willing to give up picks. So okay. Tennessee and New England would be my top two right now. I'm, I'm gonna stick with the what the books say. The book okay. the Vegas is saying Tennessee and New England, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet with them. The books y'all. usually know that is true. The books exactly. usually know. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, what about you, man? Where are they going? Books have been screwing me all weekend, so I'm gonna go outside of the box. <laughs> <He's all weekend. laughs> And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to go with the Browns. I think they go all in to wow. do it, all in for the city. Wow. And I'm also going to – for the NFC, I'm going to go ahead and roll with uh, – I'll go ahead and roll with San Francisco. I think that having him in the Bay would make things interesting. I don't know exactly what their cap situation is, but uh, Shanahan and John Lynch are winners. They obviously didn't forget their let up in the Super Bowl. If they had had a few more guns in 2020, then they probably would have been able to take it home. But you guys got to remember, every team in, in all the Julio stuff, they have one target, and that is the Chiefs right now. <laughs> That's facts. Everybody's chasing them, man. That's the Browns, absolutely, bro. If they, you can you imagine how much those tickets are going to cost if he came to Cleveland? <laughs> bro, I wouldn't. Even, I couldn't even afford to get in there. No. I'm already struggling trying to get in right now. Right. <laughs> you know, Julio right there, I'm, like, I'm watching it at home, bro. I can't even get in the building. I hear you there. All right. So my prediction, this is, this is, I, I, I'm not positive the cap situation. I think they're in a good cap situation where they could do it. And, and I don't want to say it, but man, could I see John Elway doing something dumb like this in Denver and, and going, God, right? they don't oh. come on. Like that's a John Elway thing saying, yeah, that would be John would make you know it, what I mean? Yeah. Like that is a John Elway thing. Like I'm going to go get this player. Like, and if you want Aaron Rodgers, what do you do? You go get freaking Julio Jones. You're, you're, you're playing my games. Okay, Justin, I like that. I like <laughs> you go that. get Julio that's, Jones. That's like, a, that's like a chess move. That's a chess piece. Yes. Move. This is the, you're taking two steps ahead and say, I want Aaron Rodgers. Well, Aaron Rodgers openly said, 
on Pat McAfee show that he kind of wanted to play with a guy like Julio Jones. So I'm going to go get Julio Jones. And my next move is I'm going to just sell everybody and go get Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to go try to compete with Kansas city. So I, I could just see Elway would just, he paid, he's pissed me off since he was a player being Chiefs fan. <laughs> so I just could see him, you know, he went and got Peyton Manning. He didn't deserve to go get Peyton Manning. He got him. And now he's going to do something dumb like this again. And just to make Rodgers and Julio, who's that lucky to say, Hey, we're going to get Rodgers and Julio Jones in the same off season in like less than three months. Like, how do you pull that off? That's exactly. That's what I'm saying. Just my, my pessimism is coming out right now. Just knowing that something (laughs) stupid like that can happen, you know, but if he went to Denver, that'd be primetime football right there, bro. Well, another game game I'm not going to be able to go to. (laughs) <laughs> and, well, and guess what? So I actually just booked my tickets. I'm coming to the Chiefs versus yes, sir, December fifth. Yes, I'm sir. Be in Kansas City, yes, so I, I'm kind of hoping. I want to see Julio. Send him to Denver. If he didn't Kansas, send him to Denver. Let's go. I want to see him in person. <laughs> That's why I hope that Rogers deals go through because I want to see Rogers again. So but yeah, for real. No, I'm 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 with you there. But let me ask you about the OTAs. There wasn't too much that kind of came out. Um, about that, but the, one of the big things that kind of stuck out to me was that Laurent Duvernay-Tardif was not in attendance. Mm-hmm. Caleb, do we do we make a lot of that, or am I kind of thinking too much? Because this is a guy now who hasn't played in 18 months, almost yeah. two years. He was injured right before the opted out. Like he's been out a while, so he hasn't been any, doing anything football. You, you guys know my take on OTAs and stuff. I don't care until they put ads on in camp. Sure. I could care less whether what they're doing in OTAs, like when if Pat and the boys are going to go golfing Friday and not go to OTAs, that's fine by me. Just go get your work in on your own. With LDT, it's a little <laughs> different, though, because he hasn't been there in a year. I kind of think Brett maybe told him, hey, you might be getting ready to be traded or you might not be around much longer. That's one possibility, but at the same time, you look at a guy like him, He, even though he didn't play good in 2019, he's still been a constant professional the entire time. I'm sure he's probably got his own program going. I'm not going to look into it too much. Honestly, it's not a bad thing for the Chiefs because I don't really have him making the roster right now in my final OL predictions. So if they can get other guys reps, if they can get uh, – Kyle Long reps, if they can get Trey Smith reps, then they need to get them all the reps they can and get them up to speed. CJ, what about you? Is that reading too much into anything, or or is there something there with him not being around? I mean, we haven't heard anything about it being like medical reasons or still like him doing anything with his job. So I would figure he said he's, I mean, he's opted into playing this year, so he's going to play football. So it's not nothing to do with his medical profession. So for him not being there, it's going to be some personal reason, maybe something going on at home that we don't know about. Because, I mean, if you're going to miss time, I'd rather you do it now. Now, if this was going into training camp and he wasn't there, I'd be very concerned. I'm not too much concerned right now because it's OTA season. So, if you need to miss time, this is where you do it instead of in August because that's when it's like training camp, pads are on, you need to get work in. And like Caleb said, there's a lot of depth at guard now. Trey's there, Kyle's there. We already know Tooney's going to be on the other side. So, it's a lot of guys competing for guard spots. So, um, last year, I mean, he was like, he was a starter for them two years ago when he was there. Then He didn't play last year. So, he needs to get as many reps as he can. So I want him there personally, because like you said, Justin, he hasn't played football in a very long time. So it's hard to get into football shape. I don't care how many workouts you do. You can't get in football shape by doing nothing but football. So he, he does need to be there. He does need to be there. But there's something that we just don't know. So I'm hoping it's something 
Well, I know I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm not hoping it's something serious, but I would think that if you are gone, that it's like a family reason or a personal matter, not something that's non-football related, because that would be the only reason for me, if I was him, why I would miss this time of year. Because I, if I want to prove I'm a starter and I want to be the starter for the Chiefs, then I need to be there for every rep. Because every rep you're not there, they're saying, hey, maybe Kyle could do it or maybe Trey could do it. So the more you're gone, the more they're not seeing you. So, and we know Coach Heck is not going to just put guys in there on favoritism. He only puts the guy that he believes you can play you're going to be out there so yeah and that's and that's kind of my thing is ot's are what they are like people are going to miss for whatever reasons you know yeah. what i mean like it, it just it is kind of what it is at this point of the season but for somebody like him who has been away for so long you would think he would want to at least get back in the building and start getting back in the groove of football doing football type activities doing just practicing o-line indies you know what i mean just mm-hmm. you haven't done that in almost two years right so like those little those those things like you talk about you can't those things aren't replicated in in, in a gym right you can't do those things other anywhere else other than the practice field you just can't you just there's just no way to do it so to me it's a little it's not concerning but it is like who that doesn't probably doesn't do yourself any favors for like you were just saying like a position that's got a lot of battles going on with some players you know mm-hmm. It ain't it ain't the the thin cupboard that you left it at, buddy. We're <laughs> the pantry is stocked. Mama went grocery shopping, and we're ready to eat. Right? <laughs> so, <laughs> like we're ready to go. So I, I don't know. I don't think uh, myself any favors by not being there. You guys see Grant from the main page the other night. He put like put your chief hottest Chiefs take here for the 2020 season. I'm gonna stand by this. I think Trey Smith starts in 2021. I think he comes into the season as a starter. I think he beats out Kyle Long. I think we see Kyle Long play somewhere, but man, I mean, I know I've done the film reviews, the articles, I've shown everyone. I cannot express to everyone enough if he is healthy, like literally, he is going, he has the talent to be a day one starter. They'd be foolish not to play him right away. Bro, he's a grown man, bro. Have y'all seen Trey? Like, not in pads. He is a mountain dog. So if he, I, he absolutely is like first round capable, like talent wise, he just had the health issues, which made him drop. So me and Caleb said he would be the ultimate steal if he turned out to be the guy we expect him to be. Now, if the injuries happen, we would be saddened, but it'd be something that, hey, low risk, like high reward with him. So obviously if he, we want him to be the guy he should be, but if he doesn't turn out, we just spend a high draft pick on him. But if he turns out to be the guy he's supposed to be, him and Orlando, you're not getting past either one of those guys. And Tooney's arguably the best guard in football besides Quentin Nelson we spoke on earlier. So um, if Trey really does start, he's going to make whoever starts at right side, Rimmers or Niang, their job way much easier because he is gigantic, bro. Their run game is going to be way more effective now, especially on short yardage and red zone, which we, I'm sure we'll get into. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been their uh, kind of their Achilles heel, right? The, the whole short yardage kind of the red zone thing. And I know that, Caleb, we've been talking, we're, we're going to try to – potentially put something together for, for run scheme for the players that they have. And just, we're, we're thinking a little preview here. We're thinking a lot more gap scheme. Um, you saw it at the, even the end of last year. And then you think about the players that they brought in and what they're best at. Well, Thune came from the power offense in new England where they, their base run is power. You know, you got Orlando Brown coming over from Baltimore where they run a ton of gap scheme, Creed Humphrey gap scheme stuff in Oklahoma. Like these guys, like their best, stuff that they do is all gap scheme and you're going to see a lot of Clyde Edwards Alaire getting downhill on some of these these big mothers just like you said Trey Smith is a house and when he hits you he's a freaking hammer right he is just he's locked and loaded hammer ready to go so it'll be fun to see with with the old line and see how that whole thing plays out but uh 
one of the other big things I think that we kind of saw in the OTAs and everybody's searching those pictures to try to get a little bit of tidbit of information, you know, it's everybody's so, so desperate to get some football in their lives. We're scanning those pictures, but things that we've been seeing <laughs> is Chris Jones at the end, right? So Chris Jones playing a little D end. Um, you can tell he's thinned out a little bit. He looks, he looks like he's in great, great shape. Caleb, what do you, what do you think about old, old CJ 95 playing a little bit of DN for, for the Spags defense this year? Well, it's not really new because right. we saw him as like a 3-4 D-end under Sutton. He came in to Kansas City as like a 3-4 D-end, though he was like much bigger, had probably a higher body fat percentage when he was at Mississippi State. Think back two years ago, 2019, they played the Minnesota Vikings, coached by Kevin Stefanski. We see Chris Jones at defensive end. Why? Because Alvin Cook is the man. They had to figure out a way to stop him that game. Best thing for them to do was let uh, – I think they had Naughty Pinnell lined up on the inside. They had Kay, or, uh, Frank on the other. They had Chris Jones at the other end because they brought a lot of those tray blocks with the tight end and tackled. And so they wanted him to try to control those. He had a really good game. Think back to the playoff game last year, same Kevin Stefanski coach team, Chris Jones lining up at defensive end versus the Browns. We're going into week one versus the Browns this year. I don't think he's going to start the entire season at defensive end. I think we would I think I think that would be foolish if he did because as we well know, Chris Jones is the second best interior defensive line pass rusher in the NFL right now behind only Aaron Donald. But what it does give the Chiefs the ability to do, it gives them the ability to be flexible with where they play guys. If they can get away with playing Chris Jones on, you know, first and second down at defensive end, that's more reps they can get with Jerron Reed on the inside. This is really just exactly. Steve Spagnola trying to get the best 11 on the field possible. And I know they have Taco, and I know they have Mike Dana. Those are two guys I like. They drafted Josh Kando. I don't know if either of those guys are quite ready for primetime football yet. And you can throw Tershawn Wharton in the mix there because I think he's going to be a guy we see line up on the edge more this season a little bit more as well. But they're trying to figure out a way to get Jerron Reed as many reps as possible because, I mean, I've watched his film. I can't find anything wrong with him over his entire time in Seattle. He's going to be back with his running mate now, Frank Clark. But for me, if you're lining up this defensive line, you got Naughty, Jerron Reed, Clark, and Chris Jones, guys who are proven to be good run defenders. Seems to me like they're setting it up to have some young linebackers in there. And I think – for everyone that's wanted a linebacker, for everyone that's wanted a linebacker change, we might be getting ready to have it here pretty soon because I have a feeling we are going to see a lot of Willie Gay and Nick Bolton if this is the D line the Chiefs want to run a lot this year. Yeah. So interesting enough, today uh, about eight hours ago, um, Touchdown Wire. I was looking to make sure I found the tweet from who it was. Touchdown Wire at the NFL Wire on Twitter put out the NFL's best pass rushers from every gap. And then Doug Farr of, of the NFL, he, he tweeted out and it said, I imagine Chiefs fans will find this interesting as your team now has the most pro prolific three tech in Chris Jones and four I in Jaron Reed. So, you know, those two guys at those positions, they're saying are, are the two best pass rushers from those positions along the interior. So like you were saying, I don't think it, it's a permanent thing at DN um, CJ, but it does give you that versatility, versatility on early downs, right? That, the Spags defense really looks for. Yeah, and you've also got to think Eric Nottie's contract season is this season also. Mm -hmm. Technically, also Frank Clark's contract season because 
I've been doing a little bit of research on it because it's starting to feel like Frank Clark might not be around Kansas City much longer because maybe the production is not worth the contract. This this could be his last season because next year, if they cut him post June first, then they it will only cost them like around six million in dead cap. It won't be that much of a hit, and it will take a big chunk of it off of the original deal. I think that's kind of the way Brett Beach would have designed it in the first place. But you got to think. You're going to have Jerron. Jerron Reed's in a contract season also. He's on a one-year deal. You know, Chris Jones, he's the leader of the defense, one of the leaders of the defense. He's taken care of. He's got his deal. Eric Noddy still has money on the line. Frank Clark is going to have his reputation and his entire game to prove for people wrong this season. And you got Jerron Reed who signed a one-year prove-it deal because basically, for whatever reason, the Seahawks cut a very good interior pass rusher. The Chiefs got him for basically nothing. These are going to be some hungry dudes up front this season, and this could be one of the best defensive line performances we've seen in the Kansas City Chiefs history as a franchise. I agree, and I, I love the versatility there. I, I can't wait to see pass rushing downs with, with Chris Jones and Jared Reed on the, along the inside. I think those guys are going to wreak havoc. Um, CJ, let me ask you a question now. Tyron Matthew was pretty vocal, not that vocal, but was – they talked about it and he basically said how much he loved Brashad Breeland and how well he played. Um, do you, do you think that there's any chance that Kansas city still looks to bring him back or with all the moves that they've kind of made traded from Mike Hughes, bringing in Deandre Baker, do you think they're pretty much saying we're set at defensive back for now? I mean, I, I kind of talked, I kind of got into this topic the other day with a couple of my friends. It's like, we all know like Breezy wants to be back. We all want him back. But I think, the way he's been tweeting, like I kind of read him between the lines, like the thing he's been saying, I think he hasn't been getting the money that he wants. And obviously when like, when it comes to contract talks, teams bring in everything you've done on the field and off the field. And before, prior to coming to Kansas city, he had some off the field issues and I'm sure he's worked those out. But when it comes to GMs bringing, breaking down contracts with your agent, they're going to bring those things into play. So if I had to guess, I think he probably wants something around maybe like, five mil a year, something around that range. And I think he's probably getting offered like that minimum, which teams are trying to get him for the low. I mean, that's the GM's job is to get you for your least value and then get the most out of you. Because obviously he went on his visit to Minnesota, correct? That he went to the Vikings and obviously didn't, didn't get a deal done. But obviously teams have players come in all the time and they come back for visits. So obviously he's looking around other teams because maybe the Chiefs have put an offer on the table and we don't know the exact numbers that he probably didn't like. So he said, okay, I'm gonna go check out other offers and I'm sure he's taking to see what he's gotten, but he's been going at it on Twitter with a lot of different people and he wants to be paid like a top tier corner. And since he's been here since 2018, his efficiency has been up with some of the top guys. So while he's been here with Spags, he's been really good. So I understand his frustration and I'm sure time Matthew would say, Hey, I'm sure I want him here too, but they're trying to get his, his deal done first. So there's other guys that have to like, I know Kelsey's deal is probably coming up soon. So he, he's going to want an extension. Frank, J-Ron and Nadia, all the guys trying to get paid as well. So um, I'm sure they probably, if I had, if I had my personal guess, I'm sure it's probably like some like a bet minimum type deal or maybe like a little bit above it, but I'm sure he wants more and he should want more because he's played really good football, but it comes to that decision, Justin, if you were able to stay with the Kansas city chiefs compete for super bowls, or could you go to another team, get paid more money, but that's not an elite football team or not good enough to get to LA and try to go win another super a championship. So um, I'm sure Ty Matthew and everybody in the DB room wants him back. Juan Thornhill, he's already, I'm sure he's promoted him a lot as well. So it's, it's, it's tough this time of year because you have so many guys that need to get paid. He's at, the, he's at the bottom of the list as far as like most important. So um, I, if I had to guess right now, I don't see him coming back. I want him to, but I mean, 
I don't see Veach offering him any more money than he already did. Like if he felt disrespected by the deal he gotten, then that's probably that's probably it by now. Yeah, and that's kind of where I am with it with the situation as well. Is like, yes, I I think everybody is right there. Is like, yes, we want him back, but at this point, it doesn't really seem like it's going to happen. I would be pretty surprised it did. And the thing that is just surprising to me is really how undervalued he he seems to be throughout the entire NFL. Like, right, he's played so well with his time in Kansas City. Like, he is physical. He comes up and tackles well. He he gets a little grabby at times, right? He's had a couple holding calls here and there, but man. The dude, the dude has played. He's played awesome for, for for all of his years in Kansas City. So I I thought he would at least garner some interest um, from somebody. And, and like you said, I don't blame him for one second wanting to get paid. If you're an NFL player, man, you you got no tomorrow being guaranteed to you. There's nothing saying that you're going to get your money and you're going to get your next contract. You got to get paid when you can get paid. So I'm all for players getting played. They need, they need to look out for themselves too. They play a very violent game. Your career can be caught at any point you know cut short where you don't want it to be so um you know look out for yourself get paid where you can and hopefully he finds finds himself a good contract and, and if it's with kansas city then you know great that defense is looking even better so um, <laughs> right we'll see we'll see what happens there but um Caleb, hey real yeah, i was ahead. just i was just gonna say real quick about breezy for all we know they cut ldt tomorrow and then they have enough money to maybe be freed up to be able to bring back one of these guys. I think this is like the interesting thing about like the June 1st cut day, which I think you were probably getting ready to get into here in a second. We could see some crazy shit here in the next two days or so, because as we sit here, I'm sitting here looking at uh, over the cap right now and the chiefs, it would cost them only $2 million in dead money. I think to uh, cut LDT this season it's not going to cost them much at all. That could maybe be enough to free up a little bit of money here and there to be able to bring back a guy like Breezy. Brett Veach has not historically re-signed guys before the month of June. I know it's kind of weird, but when we're looking at Tyree Kill's contract extension, and he, it was a weird situation because he had all the crazy stuff going on with him. But then you look back to last year, Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, all knocked out after June 1st. If you were leading into Tyron Matthew and his extension, maybe this would be the starting point to go to. I hope that's what you're leading into, though. <laughs> yeah, no, let's 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 end with that. We'll we'll go right into the Tyron Matthew thing. And the one thing that I think is nice is that you've already seen the cap go up, right? It wasn't quite as high as they were projecting, but it's also better than it has been, right? So. Um, and I think that number is going to continue to skyrocket. Like the NFL just signed some massive TV deals and streaming deals with Amazon, where eventually all of Thursday night football is going to be on Amazon and they paid like billions of dollars for it. So the cap is only going up. The cap is they're going to, they're going to break record attendances here. People. I mean, if you've seen some of these like NBA arenas, NHL arenas or baseball stadiums right now, people are ready to be back at like live sporting events like this. People are ready to spend their money and get out to it. They're going to break viewership. They're going to break attendance. Everyone's sitting here saying, oh, the cap, the cap this, the cap that. There's about to be more money spent on sports entertainment in the next two years, I bet, the kitty thing because people have been tired of COVID and everything. That is the thing. Tell, CJ, tell me about Tyron Matthew. How pivotal pivotal is he to Spagnuolo's defense? Like he is like the ultimate chess piece in the secondary for him, right? I mean, they have to get the extension done, right? I mean, absolutely. Probably besides Pat and 
Pat, like Trav and Tariq are probably like, he's the most important person on the team besides like those three guys. So he's the ultimate do it all safety. He can play free, he can play strong, can play robber in the box. If you want to cover a guy in the slot all game, if you want to play too high, you can do that too. He literally can go out there and call the defense if you want him to. So he's literally the do it all safety as you can. He has no weaknesses. Obviously, the only thing you can probably say would be his size, but it's never been an issue for him now. So obviously, I was looking at the money the other day. He's like top five right now. And like, as far as like guarantees money, it's just he wants like the overall bag, like overall contract, like extension wise. Justin Simmons, I think, is the top guy right now. And then I think it was like Buda Baker. After them, it was um, Kevin Byard and it was Justin Kevin Byard, Tyre Matthew. And um, oh, yeah, um, um, Jamal Adams is, is up due for his, his deal as well. So as far as like numbers wise, nobody gives up more contested catches. And nobody has a better one on right, excuse me, one on one coverage rate within the box besides him. I think the other only other other safety that had that better coverage rate in the box between 15 yards or under was either him, uh, Jamal Adams, or Buda Baker. So they don't, he doesn't give up catches at all when it's intermediate to short. Deep threats are probably the only thing that get the Chiefs beat sometimes. It's not really like a problem, but that's probably the only, if you had to nitpick and say that probably would be the one weakness. But Ty Matthews clearly the best safety in the league. You could probably argue with your dad about who you think is the best is, but everybody knows it's Ty Matthews. He doesn't make any mistakes. He calls the defense. He runs everything. Spags trusts him. He needs to have the green helmet on his head. If it was me personally, I would give it to him um, and then just let the linebackers run around. But um, obviously, <laughs> I, I anyways. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> so, he, yeah, he, he's the best in the business, man. He does everything. He's a leader. He has no weaknesses, can play anywhere on the field. Honestly, they could put him at corner if he wanted to because, like, he's just – he's that versatile, man. He could do it all. Um, best, best in the business, and he should get his money. Um, obviously, I think he – I think his deal gets done very soon. I think they're on – you don't want that lingering in the camp because we all know we're not winning anything without Tyron Matthew. Like, let's just be honest. He has to be on the field. So, I think his deal gets done very, very soon. I think it's – hopefully it's before July. That would be my goal. But I think his deal gets done very soon. Yeah. What about you, Caleb? Pretty much same same thought process there. Yeah. The, the only way I could see it not getting done is if they, the cap situation is far worse than we all anticipate, and I don't think that's the situation at all. Because, like I was saying a second ago, like this is about to be a 2021 is about to be a giant year for sports from here on out as teams open up and let people get back to it. People are going to be wanting to get out to the stadium. They're going to be wanting to go hang out with their friends and family. Everyone's going to want to watch the game. That's just going to drive more money. Clark Hunt's in charge of, like, the revenue of the NFL. That dude knows how much is going into yeah. the season. He knows everything that's going to happen with the money. I think it's going to get done fairly soon. I don't think it's going to be, like, 12.01 tonight, but I'll be, like, maybe, like, June 14th. We have something in paper. I think the Chiefs maybe make a few moves, maybe like cut LDT or a couple of other guys, maybe make a few roster moves here and there. Maybe even, you know, maybe even give a guy like Derek Noddy an extension or something, figure out some ways to loosen up some caps to where they can they can make sure that they can cash out Iron and be able to give him the biggest contract possible because at his age and his position, this is probably the biggest deal he's gonna get. It's gonna this is probably his last deal. Unless he is some sort of a superhuman, which that's very also much likely. <laughs> but yeah, I think they're going to get the deal done with him. I mean, he's the face of the defense. Him and Chris Jones lead that unit. I mean, obviously, you see all these guys coming in with Spags, and they're all having their best seasons. I mean, he obviously has a close relationship with Spags. They get it; they're getting it done all over the place. So yeah, go ahead and. When all the other teams are like the Chiefs are going to be hamstrung and run down with big contracts and all that stuff, get it done and 
No, the Chiefs are a pretty, like, player-friendly franchise. They, like, respect their players. They respect their opinions. I know a lot of people, like, hate it when Grant wants to go tweet, like, at the players. There's not, <laughs> there's not too many other accounts in the Chiefs' kingdom to get actual interaction with the players, and Grant consistently gets it. So, big shout-out to him for letting us do what we do. But, yeah, I think, I think it's pretty cool whenever he can get guys to respond to him, kind of give them a little inside information, man. Absolutely. That's super cool. Absolutely. All right. Before uh, before we head out of here, CJ, you got any closing thoughts, man? We're we're pumped to have you with you. You know, have us have you here with us. Fun show. But uh, any closing thoughts before we get out of here? Um, no, I, I, everything was great, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. I'm excited to have any more episodes. Y'all know y'all can hit me up whenever. Hopefully, we can have an episode we can break down some two tight end sets. Nah, there you go. <laughs> got the bell dozer, and we got the guy from Duke. So I'm excited to break them all down. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Caleb, what about you, brother? Anything, any closing, closing thoughts? Yeah, I released a couple of uh, articles onto the website this past week. And one of them was just a, uh, just some additional thoughts to that video you guys saw here last week of Justin and I doing our Cornell Powell breakdown. That was a ton of fun to do, by the way. I can't wait to do more of stuff like that absolutely. as we dive deeper into the realms of YouTube and I also released an article about uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and why I think he's going to dominate people this season coming up and why I think he's going to be one of the key pieces on the Chiefs. So, yeah, guys, go ahead and check that out. You follow me at CJ Scoobs. As always, I'll throw it back to Justin. We go ahead and close this bad boy out. Yeah, CJ, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and if, if you're working on any pods and, and articles right now where they can find them. Oh, yeah, for sure. On Twitter, you can reach me at CGZ81, C-J-E-E-Z-Y-81. Uh, hit me up on the pod, The Aftermath, KC, under, presented by Arrowhead Live. Um, definitely going to get you guys on there for sure. I got to get you guys on there to talk about some stuff. I have some topics, too. So, um, yeah, you guys want to DM me, ask me any questions. Let's do it. Questions, so, I'm, I'm always open. So, you know, I'm already ready to talk some football. So, <laughs> Love it. All right, man. Well, CJ, we appreciated you being here and we appreciate everybody listening. And as always, make sure if you're listening to it on the podcast, leave a five-star review. Um, tell tell everybody how much you you loved hearing CJ's voice and Caleb's voice on this on this here show. And if you're watching it on YouTube, smash the like button on the way out and, and tell us where do you think Julio ends up going? Because man, my fingers are crossed for Kansas City. I want it to happen. Find me on Twitter at jdiz1617. We appreciate everybody being here. We'll talk to you next time.